Welcome to Pondering from the Perch, the official podcast of Little Bird Marketing. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Greenbook. Through their blog, leading market research directory, and other publications, Greenbook connects marketers and insights professionals with people, information, and ideas that generate better business results. So whether you're looking for a focus group facility or just want to stay up to date with the ever-evolving insights industry, Greenbook is the resource for you. Check out all they have to offer at greenbook.org. We love it. We know you'll love it. Well, this is going to be really fun. I thought it would be a great idea to add uh, you, Colton, here with me to talk about uh, my recent trip to Bangkok and uh, the speaking engagement that I had there. And I just want to give a big shout out to you. You and I worked uh-huh. really hard. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we worked work. really hard on developing a brand new speech, which is always an interesting process. It was your your first round with me on that. What? How did right. you find that 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 experience? Uh, it was interesting. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I had to do a lot of research, which I enjoy doing, and um, I was just happy that uh, you gave me an opportunity to to work with you and um, work on a project that was so large. Yeah. Well, so what did you think about some of my edits? Uh, It's a little uh, painful at times. Yeah, a little painful, but uh, we made it through. I I was really proud of the um, end result. And uh, I think together we did a really good job. Yeah. Do you remember that one funny sentence? It was a sentence with like 20-something words. And at the end, I ended up marking through every single one. And there was, what, four words left for the sentence? Yeah, you marked through like every other word because they were just (laughs) unnecessary. I'm like, no, don't need it. Don't (laughs) need it. Don't need it. You're a little bit more practice at uh, writing things (laughs) in a succinct manner. Oh, that's really cool. But, you you know, my whole team here stays so up to date with the constantly changing world of everything from keywords to SEO, how they're connected, what's happening in social, you know, what platforms are moving the needle for what types of clients and I mean what else? I mean you're 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 in it to win it every day. Oh gosh, yeah. Um in content marketing or digital marketing, however you want to say it, um there is just so many things that change on a constant level. Um yeah, things are are updating from day to day. And uh, you have to stay on top of things and keep researching <laughs> if you want to be seen as a thought leader within right, the industry. Right. So the cat's out of the bag. I have a whole team behind me. So if you think I sound smart, <laughs> wait till you get a load of my team. So, right. um, But it was really fun because fun. I knew what I wanted to do. I know the environment. I know the people. And I know what was also asked of me from that that group. Sure. But to really come to an event like that and provide something of absolutely uh, you know, uh, undeniable value for the people who've come all the way to a conference. And they they want something tangible. Right. You know, they want something inspiring, but they also want something they can remember. And they want actionable things. And so that's really where you came in and given me the five takeaways, the five actionable items that people could do to totally revolutionize uh, their marketing. So. For sure. And I I appreciate the compliments. I really do. Um, (laughs) But it it does take an entire team. And I I think we had a lot of hands in that, that really helped out. And uh, every team needs a good leader, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just to kind of give a shout-out about what we were talking about, um, our, we actually did a pretty fun theme, I think. It was Rise Up, uh, the Manifesto for Revolutionary Marketing. And it was an actual workshop, and we wanted people to inspire people to really think differently, to really take a mind shift um, from how they think about creating content and instead to help them understand that creating content really should only be thought of in terms of how it creates a firm and sustainable lead generation system. 
Um, so we gave away a couple of interesting secrets, um, yeah. but helping people to really get what is a chaotic mess of their marketing plan into a really focused and and purposeful, you know, uh, plan for the year. So. Right. Right, yeah. and and it's it's interesting that uh, you get the opportunity to um, go around and, and share the message because it, it does take a, a bit of a, a revolution. You have to be you know thinking outside of the box, and um, and really uh, the opportunity that you've had to be able to share it with um, so many different people and the mm-hmm. opportunities that you're going to have. Right. Uh, I mean, in your position, you do a lot of traveling. Yeah. Um, it seems like you had <laughs> just gotten back from Chicago and um, you headed off to to Bangkok. Yeah. Um, so what was that like? Let, let, let's start with um, the Chicago. I mean, right. what, what were you doing in Chicago? Well, the IIEX um, in Chicago was specifically about behavior. And I know I didn't get to really unpack some of the stuff I learned with the team yet on it. But at, in IIEX uh, Chicago, um, I was actually just the co-chair. I say just the co-chair. It means you have to okay. actually introduce everybody. It's kind right. of high pressure. Right. Right. <laughs> but it was super fun because that was with Will Leach, who you know. He's been on our podcast. Right. And he had just written a book. It just come out. And uh, so it was super fun getting to know him. He had been referred to me through several different friends, uh, colleagues in the market research industry. And so he came from PepsiCo background, and he just had a lot of good stuff to say, um, you know, about how we really change our marketing. We can't just do the research and then understand how people think, but then not alter the way we actually market. And I know that sounds simple, but he really wrote an intriguing book about it. So I got to co-chair in Chicago with him. And um, of course, a lot of our clients were there and a lot of our, you know, um, our colleagues and just, you know, a lot of people from uh, WIRE, from Women in Research. And so that's always fun for me. Um, but it was much more of a social thing because usually in stateside, I have been done a lot of speaking for Green Book around their Insights Marketing Day. Mm-hmm. So this was the first time actually for me in Bank Bangkok to actually speak at an IIEX event proper. Right. So, so Chicago, you you got to enjoy it a little bit more. You got to be a little bit more social. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm always social. Right. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) It seemed like you had a lot of fun with that one. Um, Yeah. So going into Bangkok, um, Mm -hmm. now you're on stage. You're Mm -hmm. presenting. yeah, we kind of talked about the presentation a little bit, but yeah. uh, give us a rundown on what it was like being in Bangkok and, and presenting in front of those people. Well, the first thing was that I had no luggage. So oh, yes. that's what it was like. <laughs> <laughs> so it asked me, what was it like to actually present in the clothes you just spent 24 hours in? Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> oh, man. But you got to be flexible when you're traveling. And um, uh, th- oh, my goodness, the Thai people are so welcoming, so amazing. I have to say, this is interesting at this conference is uh, that a lot of people wanted to take selfies with me. Is that a funny option? Is that something funny that's to share on our awesome, podcast? That's pretty awesome, actually. I guess so it's kind of funny. It's going to be really sure, sad yeah. when they realize that I'm not famous. <laughs> <laughs> but, I bet it was nice to feel, um, the, mm-hmm. feel the, the popularity. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you know how I speak in my workshops. And uh, even when I keynote, I really try and connect emotionally with people, you know, and go beyond just what we're doing professionally. And so I do make connections. And we have fun. We have a lot of breaks. And we get to talk about what's really going on and what people are really struggling with. But the, you know, one of the things I thought a lot about that I thought you might find pretty interesting was uh, one of the presentations was from Nestle. And they did a very cool uh, presentation about what they are finding in terms of um, promoting the um, the coffee beverages that they have in 
Asia Pacific. Okay. And I, you know, talk about not being in my world. And, you know, it's just, it's so funny. We tell people all this, all this stuff, like you really have to know your persona and you know, you need to know what their behaviors are. Right. And I totally understand that in our world over here in my hemisphere. And I think the presentation from Nestle, first of all, was coffee. So I thought of you guys so much because uh, you guys are all crazy coffee. Yeah, heads. we do drink a lot of coffee here at, uh, in the nest, for yes. sure. Um, and um, as I can see from the receipts, only the finest coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we're a bit uh, snobby whenever it comes. Mm-hmm. We, we appreciate good coffee. Uh-huh. For sure. That's okay. It's good, it's good to know what you like. Um, but it was really um, interesting. And actually, the presentation, the decks can all be found on um, IIEX Asia Pacific. Uh, we'll go ahead and put the link in the show notes. For but sure. I thought it was really interesting um, that Nestle was up there really sharing their particular insights about what they were learning about coffee uh, drinking and how families were using it. The reality of coffee becoming so ubiquitous. I mean, they're competing against, you know, what 7-Eleven serving, uh, not just, you know, not just right. snob coffee or the high right, end. There's right. the high end, there's a low end. There's also win in the day. And also what is what is drinking coffee all about? In some ways here at The Nest, drinking coffee is about camaraderie. For sure. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot that, uh, I mean, you think something is as simple as coffee, just having a cup of coffee, um, something you might do, you know, anywhere from Two to six times a day, you'll have a cup of coffee. <laughs> you really are. Yeah, depending on who you are, yeah, <laughs> how much work you have to do. But um, yeah, to to look at it on a deeper level, and um, you know, coming from you know, just culturally, the differences. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't expect um, that there in Thailand that they would be um, avid coffee drinkers. Um, so oh it's yeah, interesting. it's interesting because they actually drink it more often cold. It's very hot there. Right. That so I was very weird. You know, I flew from here in like 20 degree weather and then flew into Bangkok and I was like, wow, I'm sweating. Yeah, sounds <laughs> um, awful. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're there. I know. Okay, I'm not crying. Um, it was wonderful. Um, but uh, so they talked about how Nestle was using local insights to grow their actual, you know, consumption of coffee and grow their business in that way. And uh, one other insight I thought was interesting about it, and if you want to look at the presentation a little bit more, you can, but it was about how different generations view the community moment, how it's about sharing. It's not necessarily about the drinking, um, but it's more about what's happening, the friendships, the connections, the, hey, I'll meet you for coffee. And that makes, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But then how do you translate that? How is that really happening on a local level? Like you and I here, we might, you know, go to, you know, we might go to Starbucks right. um, or we might choose to pick Onyx, which is a local provider we, we love and we want to support this yeah. local, you know, high-end coffee uh, maker. But we might just do it right here at at work. But then what do I drink when I go home? And so For it was sure. really cool. They showed uh, actual pieces of the research that they did, images and how they were understanding what's happening with people and how that's translating into actual real growth for their coffee sales. It was really cool. That is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, you uh, you would have liked it. I think I would have liked it as well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you'd probably like a lot of the stuff I do. So <laughs> for now, I need you writing more and more yeah, presentations. Yeah, yeah. I'm going for your job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, well, you know what? If you can do it, I'll, yeah. I'll hand it off. But, um, but I did uh, get to see a lot of old friends. I saw Ray Pointer, who also has been on our podcast. and. Yeah. I did ask a couple of people to who who were there to contribute, so you're going to get to hear a little bit from them throughout this podcast, and and so it's not just about my perceptions um, and things like that. At Ponderings from the Perch, we love cranking out great content, but that comes thanks to our sponsors. So give a listen to this. 
I need you to check your calendar right now. What are your plans on February 18th and 19th? If your answer wasn't IIEX Europe, here's why it needs to be. Hosted in beautiful Amsterdam, Green Book's IIEX Europe is all about new ideas, new approaches, and new connections and market research and insights. Sounds amazing, right? It gets better. One of the most standout parts of IIEX is the focus on startups and how they are challenging the status quo in the market research space. The event hosts the Startup Track and Insight Innovation Competition, bringing new, cutting-edge companies and ideas to the stage. Join the brightest and boldest minds in market research, all under one roof. Attendees will be in great company with speakers from Heineken, IFF, Samsung, and Dannon. For the full lineup and registration details, visit the event site at iiex-eu.insightinnovation.org or just click the link in our show notes. Register with the promo code LITTLEBIRD and you'll save 20%. See you there. It definitely sounds like uh, you got to, to hear a lot of interesting things. Was there anything in particular that um, maybe like a presentation that you found to be more fun or, or just a, a fun experience that you had? Well, the fun that I had there was not really a presentation. It was more about who I was the co-chairing with and also people I just get to meet up with. I saw, again, um, Alex Hunt uh, from PRS in Vivo. Actually, we ended up on the same flight in from Hong Kong into Bangkok, and so we got a chat. And I had just seen him at Chicago IIEX uh, Behavior. Uh, Ray Poitner was there, um, and uh, he's based out of Amsterdam, and he's been on our podcast, too, so that was super fun. But I met a new friend, and that was um, Dave. McCoggin, and he is actually an Australian, but now he's an expat. He lives in Thailand. He's uh, been working oh, wow. there forever um, from AI agency, and so he really befriended me and helped me out, and um, you know, helped me learn how to pronounce everybody's right, name. And that I was I took was, you under his wing a bit. And yeah, out. yeah. But um, you know, the the commonality. What's fun about um, Ray and Dave, and finding other people like that that have been in the industry for a long time is they have a lot of war stories, and they tell the funniest stories, <laughs> and. Okay, I'm going to tell one. This might be a little improper, but Dave told me of an old story um, when he had a tampon account, and he made everybody— everybody on the account wear the tampon before they could come to the marketing research um, committee is like, you have to be a user. We have to do this behavior. And I won't steal the thunder of these these stories. You'll have to like bother Dave to get, you know, everything. Um, But he, I mean, he ended up telling the most hilarious story. And Ray and I were just in tears, like, you know, on the floor laughing about these stories, making sure that, you know, like people really understood the product before they decided they were going to be able to come to the marketing. So firsthand experience. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just telling you, I kind of let you off the hook a little, okay. little here. <laughs> it's a good thing we do a lot of uh, we do a lot of promotion for market research companies, right? right? right, right, right. <laughs> so this is how you're getting getting your feet wet. <laughs> but that kind of stuff is is super fun. Sounds great. Was there anything that um, you found challenging? Uh, well, this is like an old, like, uh, you know, a word that keeps coming back to haunt me. And I think that there's a lot of debate in the market research field about blockchain. So I'm not going to go into it, but I do think what is challenging is that you have some people on the stage presenting about how blockchain is the answer. And then you have people 
i.e. Ray Pointer <laughs> behind me whispering, no, no. <laughs> and, you know, so there's there are a lot of things that are, are challenging right now in market research. And uh, so I think that's why people come to IIEX. And I think that's they need to know what's going on right now. What are the thought leaders thinking? And and, right. you know, who does have the ability to think about my problem from a different perspective. For sure. Yeah. And then I get to be the odd man out where I'm the only person there who's talking about marketing. Yeah. And I keep getting invited back because, you know, everybody wants to hear about that, but they also want to go to their regular market research conference. So I get to be, in some ways, I think, a breath of fresh air um, and challenge them with something completely different. Yeah. Um, but in their own world, you know, I'm not faced with challenges about, you know, blockchain or any of, you know, insert Certainly, whatever yeah. the newest, you know, thing is about either surveys or how we're holding data or what we're doing with data or how we're presenting data or how we're telling stories or this kind of, they're, they're, they're faced with a lot of challenges. The important thing is that we understand the challenges to, to a good enough degree so that we can actually help our MR clients write sophisticated and compelling content so that they can go to market and actually get their most ideal client to listen to them. So that's important for us, but I don't have to solve those problems. But I, there's a lot of challenges out there right now in MR world. Yeah, it certainly seems like, I mean, and between the two industries, you, you definitely uh, face certain challenges, different challenges. However, it, it seems like a great opportunity for mm -hmm. you to be so close to this industry of market research and, and get to offer your two cents and, and all the different ways that you can help um, all of those clients that are right. in the MR field. Right. And I learn, I listen for what they're really struggling with because I want to solve a problem. I want to solve a problem that people are really having. I don't want to create a need. We want to, you know, be that powerful answer to problems people are really facing. So it's going to be exciting. And I'm going to be at um, IIEX in Austin, which is going to be off the hook. I have a little bit of privy information to some of the fun things. The, the girls oh, that, man. you know, the girls that handle the event for IIEX, they're really good about in between the breaks. There's like at one point we had, uh, there was a tarot card reader. And then there was a um, uh, a lip balm maker. And then there was a natural perfume. Like they, they bring local people, local arts and trades to get a little bit in the break. And obviously yeah. it's terrific food, but fun. yeah, keep yeah. things fun. So it's Austin. So guess what? It's going to be a lot of good music. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like you, you, you just got back and you're running away again to go have more fun yeah, in Austin. So yeah. Okay. Well, sure that Austin's excited. coming up in, in April. I got a lot of other trips in between that, but Austin's going to be great. So I hope to see you at IIEX in, in Austin for all of my listeners. And uh, if you want to connect with some people, I'll actually be speaking. I'll be doing our workshop there um, about Rise Up, the Manifesto for Revolutionary Marketing. So if you're interested in hearing that firsthand, this time you don't have to fly all the way to Bangkok and lose your luggage in order to hear it. <laughs> now, <laughs> you can just come to Austin. forward, you don't have any other snafus like that. <laughs> right. But I feel like I rocked it, Colton. So <laughs> I feel like it was pretty good. Well, awesome. And, and, and you got your stuff back. And, yes, yeah, I did get my stuff, stuff back. And I did some really great shopping while I was in Bangkok. <laughs> yeah. Those people are amazing. And the venue was just absolutely, absolutely amazing. But I got to tell you, the thing I miss the most is the fruit I was eating every day. I mm. mean, mangosteens and dragon fruit and I think you say it, lychees. Anyway, I mean the fruit. I miss it. 
Every, every day I get up, I'm like, oh, why aren't I not in Bangkok? The fruit's just amazing. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it was That's so awesome. great. But I always bring my kids back a lot of uh, candies yeah. from wherever I travel. Yeah. You know, my kids don't need anything, so I don't need to, like, buy souvenirs <laughs> or anything like that. But I bring them candies from all over the world, and it's super fun candies and also, like, uh, chips and crackers and snack stuff that, you know, everybody in a different country has such a different taste and um, it, it, it makes it, I think, really interesting. For sure. Yeah. Kind of wondering why I've never received any candy. Oh, so, oh man, I just got busted. I yeah. just got busted. I think it's because you're you're busy enjoying your fine coffee. That's true. I right. drink too much right. coffee to be eating candy all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> so we do have a snack drawer. I'm going to have to fill it on my next trip with yeah. some, you know, out-of-the-country goodies. Okay. Aside from the snack drawer, there's always food running there's around always here. Food. Anyway. That's there's true. This place is food central. So, yeah. Well, cool. We're going to hear from everybody else. Um, who sent something in and who I got to talk to at IIEX, so enjoy. Hi, Ray Pointy here, and here's my take on IIEX APAC, which was in Bangkok. The first thing that strikes you about this conference is that you're not in the United States, you're not in Europe, you're not in Australia. You're clearly in Asia. The mix of cultures, the the fragrances coming in from outside, the beautiful food, um, the lovely way that things are done, all let you know that you're, you're somewhere else and you're going to have a wonderful experience. And that was echoed from the presenters as well. We had presenters from every corner of Asia Pacific bringing different aspects to the story. So that, that was fantastic. Now, what were the, the main things that I took note of? Well, obviously, we had technology. It wouldn't be IIX without technology. But we also had it being applied in different ways. So Grant Patoli was showing us how to use smartphones to capture um, retail information, particularly in the rural parts of Thailand. Then we had 3D um, virtual reality in India, looking at the alcoholic beverage market. Another presentation using um, much more everyday mobile devices in Indonesia, looking to gather a behavioral usage study in much more detail than we would ever get with surveys. So all of that sort of technology, and we saw some artificial intelligence, and we saw a variety of things. Um, And that that was great. And what was really interesting was the way that people were applying that to different markets with different penetrations of different devices and different sorts of background, and the complexities of multiple languages, multiple scripts. But something else, and this was different really from other technology conferences, other IIX, there was a much bigger philosophical element. We saw presentations from people like Pravin Chekhov from India looking at how do you tackle the outliers to create more impact. Beautiful presentation um, from the head of Intage in Thailand, um, Kun um, Om, who talked about the importance of hardware as well as hardware, making sure that we get people spiritually on side and linking all this technology with Ikigai, um, a really important concept that's come out of Japan. And similarly, we saw presentations from other parts of the region that went to the heart of why we do research. And it went to the heart of we are studying people. Yes, we're using technology, all the technology in the world 
won't help us if we don't think about people. So this is my second um, IIX APAC in Indonesia and I've been to one IIX APAC in Sydney and I'm absolutely going to the next one. And if you want to see a different outlook on the world and a different way of doing business, then if you can, I warmly recommend it. You go next year and make sure you also set aside some time to explore the culture outside of the conference room. Visit Thailand, visit some of the neighbouring countries and you'll find that travel truly does broaden the mind. Hi, uh, my name is Ong. I'm from Catalyst Human Insight, a small market research company in Myanmar. Uh, I'm, I attended this year's IIEX because uh, I had a great experience last year. Uh, met, heard, learned from a lot of uh, great presentations. Uh, and, you know, it was something that, you know, I wanted to know more. So uh, I came, came back this year and I wasn't disappointed. The theme, uh, whether planned or not, uh, this year seemed to be about mobile. And, you know, there were different presentations uh, about mobile using apps to, uh, you know, track consumer behavior all the way to eye tracking uh, on uh, and not even using an app, but a you know mobile phone camera. So you know a lot of uh, technologies on the mobile phone are now used uh, for market research. And I think uh, you know I'm blown away by so many different companies you know offering so many different services in trying to understand the uh, the consumer. And you know I, I see that, and I think it's you know as a market researcher, I'm very excited by the opportunities that it allows me to you know, look inside uh, the lives of our respondents. It's something that, you know, we had to ask them before. We had to ask them, you know, what did you do the day before? What did you eat? What did you listen, uh, listen to? What did you read? What did you watch? Do you recall this, that? And to a great extent, you know, all of that data can be gathered by having the respondent, you know, uh, opt in uh, to one of those apps that you know uh, uh, that you know I, I heard at the presentation and you know the wealth of data is I think you know it's amazing but uh, one thing also that you know occurs to me as I was listening to that is the fact that you know I think the issue is not not having enough data but it's having too much data and trying to make you know head or tails of it now uh, I think they are experts systems, AI systems that allow you to, you know, help analyze the data. And I think it's great, but maybe because I haven't seen the whole, you know, process, but, you know, I just feel that as marketers, uh, you know, we still need to have the, need to have people in the loop. Now, I don't think I'm, uh, you know, I don't AI phobic or anything like that, but it's just that the input interventions, the, you know, the insights that human beings can offer helps balance the, you know, cold, hard numbers that, you know, come out of of these systems. So, yeah, I think, you know, uh, data is, well, data is what it is. It's data. But, you know, uh, as marketers, you know, it's our job to interpret and make it useful in our marketing, in solving our marketing problems. Because, you know, why do we do market research? You know, not the sake of doing market research, but because we have a marketing problem to solve or marketing or, I don't know, social problem to solve. And, you know, we use the data to help us find 
directions and solutions, potential solutions to that. So uh, I think if you are, you know, a fan of big data or a lot of data, I think, you know, I think that's beautiful. It's wonderful. We just need to make, you know, heads or tails of it. So that is the first thing uh, I picked up. And related to that was one of the presentations where uh, the presenter was talking about, you know, hardware, software, and the hardware. What we are, in fact, trying to do as marketers or market researchers is the fact that we're trying to understand what's in the heart of our consumers. Now, mind, yes, we can get that, but sometimes, you know, to go dig, dig deeper, we need to go into their hearts. And, you know, I don't, uh, you know, sometimes we can forget that because we are chasing the data, we are chasing the numbers, and, you know, we forget to look at them as human beings, as people. Because uh, unless we can humanize the data, all that stuff is, you know, it will just remain data and it won't help or it won't, you know, it cannot do anything for anyone. But once we humanize it, once we make it understand the relevance of it into the daily lives of our target audience, then, you know, as marketers, we can do something about that. So um, I love that presentation. It was all hard, and I think it's a you know great balance uh, for all the tech uh, presentations. And the last part is, you know, uh, for me, um, I always enjoy these events because I get to meet, talk to, and you know share, compare notes with my uh, fellow, um, you know, uh, people who are in the same industry who are usually facing the same issues. And I just feel, you know, okay, at least I'm not the only one who has this problem. You know, they have it across industry, uh, well, not across industries, but they have it across markets and whether you're a big agency or a small agency, you know, a lot of things uh, are consistent. So, uh, and it was a great uh, networking event. And uh, I, I just felt, you know, okay, you know, I think it's great. I learned a lot outside the presentations as well as the inside of the presentations as well. So I'm looking forward to uh, next year's event and, uh, well, uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to it. Anyway, um, this is me uh, signing off. Thank you. This is so fun. I had a great time with Andrew Kuehler from the Silk Initiative while I was out in Bangkok. I'm so glad he's dialed in so we could talk a little bit about what's going on. But before I do that, Andrew, tell people a little bit about the Silk Initiative and what you do because you kind of hurt my brain. No problem at all. Thanks, Priscilla. Well, we're Shanghai-based and we're an insight-led brand consultancy who essentially help our clients map market opportunities in China or throughout Asia. So those brands that are looking to really make success here, or maybe they're having some problems here already and they need some turnaround strategies, but we will take insights and get them to strong concepts and platforms right through to product portfolios and visualization of their work around uh, packaging and brand book. So we're essentially tying all those three areas together, insight, strategy, through to design. As our clients say, insights don't make the money, but products do. And you do work quite a bit in food and bev, right? Correct. Yep. We specialize uh, primarily in food and bev. I'd say about 80% of our work is CPG brands. Uh, the, rest, the rest would be restaurant retail brands looking to make their way in Asia. So you didn't have to come too far for Bangkok, but how long have you been in Shanghai? How long have you been living in the expat life? I have been living uh, the expat life for almost 13 years since 2000. I had a short break where I was in uh, New York City for five, six years and then came back here eight years ago. So it's pretty much been where 
I've cut my teeth in my career. Yeah, well, seriously, you hurt my brain with some of the things that are very unique about how companies make a name for themselves and actually really prosper in um, in the Chinese market and throughout Asia, really. But seriously, seriously, I mean, I don't think I could do your job. So, <laughs> so let's let's talk about what you actually you know took away from IIEX. How was it for you? I loved it. Um, I was so glad to see that kind of event in Asia. Uh, I think it was a great forum for a meeting of minds. I think it, what what really demonstrated to me was um, the bringing together of client collaborations with agencies, which was fantastic to see. Yeah. Did you did you see the Nestle one about the coffee? I did. Yeah. I thought, uh, you know, yeah. after you and I talked a little bit, I thought, oh, man, I bet he saw that one. And I, I, I would love to know what you thought of it. But what, what were some of the presentations um, that you did like? Um, you know, because there were several that were in Food and Bev that were right up your alley. And I agree with you. The ones that were the client and agency collaborations were very interesting to have really the truth being told from both sides about what really happened in the insight. So, yeah, what did you like? What, what were your takeaways? Um, I think the the one that I liked the most uh, for me was the one that really, it was in Indonesia and really just talking about uh, using mobile technology as a way to go deep and faster when it comes to ethnographic work. So collecting photo imagery, video imagery, how people live their lives, and just how fast that was done and how many images they created. Um, it's just a great example. I think that you know tech is hot in Asia. It can work in developing countries like uh, Indonesia. And it gave me a lot of promise about how we could apply those kind of techniques in, in China. Um, that was the one that sort of caught my attention the most. I'd say probably the second thing for me was um, the move away from traditional techniques where you have to do lots of qual and lots of quant and the allowance of more um, sort of scenario plays through predictive type modeling and that tech can get you there. So you can just cover, you know, just more ground essentially in each of those countries or other parts of the region. Mm-hmm through tech that was really interesting as well so kind of the permission to move into more predictive type research versus having to do it all like you used to mm-hmm. <laughs> and i did run into some people from some folks there from other regions as well from europe uh even mexico so latin american providers really with a keen eye on asia and what's happening over here so that's right. quite interesting for me right. too do you remember the one um, I know um, Ab- Abjahid uh, Saw spoke from Diageo and with you being in Food and Bev, I was wondering if you, they were talking about like the success in the Indian market for alcoholic beverages, which I thought was a very interesting concept. You know, they, they obviously are facing very specific challenges, but because you're in that world, I was wondering if you caught that one. I unfortunately did not. I had to step out for that. So I wasn't able to catch every single presentation. Yeah, yeah. Well, so having seen what was there, what what would you like to see? Um, You know, I I know that what you're saying is like, you know, it was so great to finally have this in Asia and really to see this caliber of thing happening in, in Asia because of the meeting of the minds. And I have to agree with you, the people that I met and the quality of the conversations I have really is what made it for me. So what, what would you like to see? What do you think could make it better? Well, I, you know, Asia is a very difficult uh, market to do uh, research in because it's just so varied in terms of the sophistication of the markets from Japan down to, say, Indonesia. I think there are a lot of folks there that still needed um, a good grounding in the basics 
of just how to do different types of work in different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, very tech-focused. I think the challenge of that is it can create the perception that it's easy to do. Um, China, for example, is um, a very unique market. It's also huge, um, and it's also very digital and tech-driven. I didn't feel a lot of China presence um, at that particular event, so that would have been good to see more of that, more mm-hmm. clients speak, more providers speaking about what they're actually doing. But I think the fact that they chose some um, case studies from more developing markets like Indonesia and India was good, to, mm-hmm. just to demonstrate that these things can be tackled. But I think, um, I think for me, you know, a bit more focus on North Asia, a bit more focus on actually what's really at the nuts and bolts of getting this work done to scale through technology would mm-hmm. be helpful. Yeah, because you do handle a lot of digital activation. And what are the challenges you're facing that you, you, you think need a little bit more conversation? Well, the biggest challenge that clients talk here about is, you know, the online world and the offline world. Um, you know, the large volume of products um, are still being sold in the offline world, but e-com is rising and, you know, you really have to have this combined strategy of how your brand's activating online as well as um, activating offline and how those two influence one another. So a bit more talk about that, I think, um, at the next event in Asia would be really, really helpful and to mm-hmm. see real life mm-hmm. studies because now there's a lot of chatter in the market about it, but there's no one really sort of talking about how they've proven to do that particularly well. That would be good. Um, also, particularly in China, is how fast people move through digital platforms and apps. They come and go literally on a monthly basis. Um, so clients aren't exactly sure where to put their money. And I think that's the key thing as well. Is like just really getting the back, back to the basics of who is the target market, where do they spend their time, where do they show up, and therefore where, what's the best way to activate them. Right. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of focus on technology and I think it's good to get at least a, you know, a quick overview of some of the things, but I agree with you there were some really innovative ways presented that people were actually using technology to go so much quicker. Um, you know, get inside so much quicker in market. I think that was really interesting. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing about IIEX. I do hope our paths cross again. I know you were a, a real trooper. You left uh, Bangkok headed out to LA, came back into Shanghai, and uh, we're willing to just put your two cents in with IIEX. And um, I know you're headed back out to Europe here pretty soon, but um, I do hope that this next year we get to meet up at a conference again and and have an amazing lunch because, come on, the food in Thailand? Holy smokes. We get to take advantage of that, unfortunately. But, yes, it is pretty incredible and cheap also compared to China. So yeah. I'd love the team to get together again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Priscilla, for your time. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for listening to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. Happy marketing and have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.